So let's move ahead now to the Middle Ages. In a way, we've set ourselves up well to understand where Dante comes from. And uh, the Apocalypse of Peter is the key to understanding the development of hell in that early period that gets developed further and further by medieval stories of going to hell and seeing the tortures that take place there. Now, we don't have all the writings that existed uh, surviving to us, but one of the more important ones that leads up to Dante specifically is that vision of Tundale that Russell talks about on pages 140 to 42. I want to draw your attention to that before we talk a little bit about Dante. Because the vision of Tundale is a story about a vision of the underworld, of hell, that seems to have influenced all kinds of images of Satan, including artistic depictions of Satan, after this period. It's written in the 11th century, so in the 1000s CE. And it has in it vision of two demons and a vision of Satan that are worth noting. So that we see that in this notion, Satan and demons are actually living in hell, so to speak. Right? It's like their abode. That has not always been the case in some of these other images of Satan. It's the prison in some cases, but here it's more their abode, the place they hang out. And they go from there up to torment humanity up on the earth. He sees two beasts that are really demons. And Tundale saw, up, um, on page 140 of uh, Russell, a beast of unbelievable size and inexpressible horror. This beast exceeded the size of any mountain he had ever seen. His eyes were shining like burning coals. His mouth yawned wide. Unquenchable flame streamed from his face. Then he sees another demon who has two feet, two wings, a long neck, an iron beak, and iron talons. He's sort of like a metal bird. Then you get the vision of Satan here that Russell quotes at some length. Let me read it to you. So this is in, in the underworld, the vision of uh, Satan living down there. The prince of darkness, the enemy of the human race, who was bigger even than any of the beasts he had seen in hell before. For this beast was black as a crow, having the shape of a human body from head to toe, except that it had a tail and many hands. Indeed, the horrible monster had thousands of hands. What does that ring of? Anyone know of Greek mythology? There's Greek mythological figures that have the uh, multiple hands idea. So some of that earlier material still has an influence on how Satan's depicted here. Each one of which was a hundred cubits long and ten cubits thick. Each hand had twenty fingers, which were each a hundred palms long and ten palms wide. These are huge, many, many hands, and they're huge. With fingernails longer than a knight's lances and toenails much the same. He needs a pedicure. The beast also had a long, thick beak and a long, sharp tail fitted with spikes to hurt the damned souls. This horrible being lay prone on an iron grate over burning coals fanned by a great throng of demons. He's on a barbecue. This enemy of the human race was bound in all his members and joints with iron and bronze chains burning and thick. Whenever he breathed, he blew out and scattered the souls of the damned throughout all the regions of hell. And when he breathed back in, he sucked all the souls back. And when they had fallen into the sulfurous smoke of his maw, smoke's just pouring out of his mouth, he chewed them up. This beast is called Lucifer and is the first creature that God made, alluding back to Job. Uh, Leviathan being the first creature that God made and then Lucifer gets linked up with Leviathan you all know how that all gets linked up 
So there's quite an image of Satan, and that one comes to influence uh, some artistic depictions and to influence Dante, which we can talk about briefly now. You had in your readings just a few of the po poetic sections of Dante. Dante is writing in the 13th century, in the 1200 CE, he's an Italian poet. And you have it translated into English for you, so in that way some of the poetry gets lost. It's hard to read, though, because it's poetry, at least for me. I'm not much of a poet reader, and you might have found it hard. But I gave you some samples so that you get a sense of this tour of hell he gets, this tour of the underworld. And Virgil, that Roman author who talked about Aeneas' tour of hell and wrote the whole story of Aeneas' tour of hell, is the one who gives him a gui guided tour of the place he lives. Virgil is in the best part of the underworld, in the best part of hell, because he's one of the sort of well-respected Greeks and Romans of old. So Dante has a positive view of Virgil, but he's in hell. And he gives him the tour of the different levels of hell. You guys saw the idea that they give in the drawing, in your writing, of hell getting deeper and deeper. And the concept here is that it's a pit, just like it was back in First Enoch. But in Dante, it seems to be a pit created by the fall of Satan himself. Satan, when he fell, it's not clear in Dante whether he fell when he wouldn't worship the image of Adam, like in the life of Adam and Eve. Did he fall when... He mated with humanity and God judged him and he fell from heaven. Did he fall at some other point? We had all those different stories about the fall of the fallen angel. But at least for Dante, it's that he plummeted to earth and formed his own pit as he went into the earth and got stuck right in the middle of our literal earth right below us. Hell is below us. Hell is under the earth, under our feet. So that is what the pit is created by the plummeting fall of Satan, the plummeting fall of the angel who rebelled against God. So you have the tour that Dante gives of some of the different layers you read about. So you read about the layer of gluttony and adultery, I believe. So there's that grouping of hell based on the type of sin you have that we already saw way back in the 130 CE with the Apocalypse of Peter, developed and in in, in told in a poetic, poetic sort of way. And you have some description of bad stuff happening there, right? No one's happy about being in hell. But as Dante gets deeper and deeper into hell, people are less and less happy about where they are. The idea is it's increasing severity of sin and therefore increasing severity of punishment as you get closer and closer to Satan, who's right in the smack dab in the middle of this whole thing, at the bottom of the pit he created through falling. And so you read those. We won't go into details on those, besides that now at least you hopefully have a little bit of context for them in light of what we've looked at. But let's look at his image of Satan right in the smack dab in the middle of hell, which is important for us especially to see how Satan relates to hell in this particular depiction. Where is Satan? And what is his situation? What sort of circumstances is Satan in? He's called this here, Plutos, the god of the underworld in Greek and Roman myth is here. It's a name for Satan. But uh, what is his circumstances here in Dante's depiction of Satan in hell? So he's, he's, it seems almost like he's up to his ass, above his ass in, in ice. And then they at one point sort of pass under the ice and see his hairy butt. Uh, and, and as they're trying to get to the way to purgatory, which is actually the 
the, the, the mountain on the opposite side that was created by the plummeting Satan who smashed the earth out as he went down and then the mountain on the bottom came out that's purgatory, which is the place where souls who aren't quite as evil uh, wait to try and purge the sins that they uh, engaged in, right? So it's an icy circumstance here. This is a bit different than what we had in uh, some of the other imagery of hell. Hell was usually portrayed as a fiery place. Even back in First Enoch, the angels get put there, uh, first uh, with jagged rocks on them, but eventually as a fiery place, right? Where there's huge pillars of fire that are indescribable in, in connection with it. And just about all the imagery we had of hell, when there's a, more of a description of it, implied fire and punishment and fire connected together, right? So here, though, it's punishment through being put on ice. What else do, do you notice about what the image of Satan here is in Dante's Canto 34? What else is Satan doing? So this is very important. Satan is sitting there chomping on the worst sinners. This imagery already existed before Dante. Just about everything he talks about existed before Dante. But uh, this becomes the main image of Satan that's portrayed in much medieval art that we may run out of time for today, and I'll give you guys the next time. I was going to show you photos today. But this image of Satan, the monstrous Leviathan, Satan, with all the other characteristics of Satan that we're going to get into uh, with the imagery we'll look at next time, um, sitting there chomping on the bodies of the worst sinners. So he's chomping on Judas, and it's interesting that Dante picks the, uh, the betrayers of Julius Caesar, Cassius and, and Brutus as well. So these three ultimate betrayers are right at the center of hell, in the worst possible place, being chomped by Satan. Let me just read a little passage here to uh, give you a sense of how the poetry goes in this depiction of Satan. Let me just join it partway through here. I'm on uh, line 34 of Canto 34. If he was once as fair as he is now foul, as now he's foul, so it's alluding to the fact that this was an angel that they're now seeing as Satan in the ice down there. They're referring to the fact that he's a fallen angel. And dared outface his maker in rebellion, referring to the rebellion that led to the fall of uh, that angel. Well, may he be the fount of all our dole. And marvel twas out marveling a million when I beheld three faces in his head. The one in front was scarlet like vermilion, and two mid-centered on the shoulders made union with this, and each with either fellow knit at the crest in triune junction wed. The right was of hue twixt white and yellow, the left was colored like the men who dwell, where Nile runs down from source to sandy shallow. From each sprang two great wings that well befitted such a monstrous bird as that. This bird depiction of Satan is quite common in the Middle Ages, partly because angels have wings. From under each sprang two great wings that well befitted such a monstrous bird as that, I ne'er saw ship with such a spread of sail, plumeless and like the pinions of a bat. By the, middle, by the 12th, 13th century, this is the depiction of Satan as a, a bird-like, bat-like, angel that is fallen. The opinions of a bat their fashion was, and as they flapped and whipped, three winds went rushing over the icy flat, and froze up all cocytus, and he wept from six eyes, and down his triple chin 
runnels of tears and bloody slaver dripped. Each mouth devoured a sinner clenched within, frayed by the fangs like flax beneath a break. Three at a time he tortured them for sin, but all the bites the one in front might take were nothing to the claws that flayed his hide, biting you on the head while he's flaying your skin. But all the bites the one in front might take were nothing to the claws that flayed his hide and sometimes stripped his back to the least flake. That wretch up there whom keenest pangs divide is Judas called Iscariot, said my lord. That's what Virgil says to him. His head within, his jerking legs outside. So head in the mouth of Satan, his legs flailing about as he's being flayed by the claws uh, of this bat-like fallen angel. I uh, get the idea, and then it goes on to Brutus and Cassius, the betrayers of Julius Caesar, as the other two guys that are having this treatment. And then it's, it's uh, later on in that page there, 287, that you get this where Virgil and Dante are passing under the ass of Satan at that point, and they look up and see it. This is interesting imagery, and what I wanted to do today, but we'll save it for next time, is to actually look at some art that is both before and after Dante, already having similar imagery to what we've seen here, where we'll get the full image of Satan in the Middle Ages next time when we come back.